Hello, this is Pastor Pete Beck III with LifeNet in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast, which is entitled, Three Calls from God. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God put eternity in our hearts. Nothing can ultimately satisfy us apart from God himself, not success, wealth, fame, power, or pleasure. Jesus put it this way in John 6.27, But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. That's from the New Living Translation. Yet, we so easily substitute other things for God. We busy ourselves in the pursuit of that which can never satisfy. God issues three basic calls to his people, each of which resonates deeply in the hearts of those who love him. Each is tied firmly to God's eternal purpose to glorify his son, and each is a doorway into joy and fulfillment in life. Jesus combined all three in one beautiful sentence in Matthew 4:19. Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. That's also the New Living Translation. Come, follow, fish. Each call invites us deeper into our relationship with God. Each has a higher personal cost associated with it, and each brings us to a new level of fulfillment and joy. Disciples embrace all three. Come, the call to belong. The call to come is the gospel invitation to be forgiven, loved, and included in God's own family through the new birth. The call to belong to God satisfies our deepest longing and answers our identity question. No longer do we need to wonder who we are. We are beloved children of God. Romans 1.6 says, And you have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. New Living Translation. People experience belonging in marriage, family, church, social clubs, and all sorts of other groups. But nothing is able to ultimately satisfy our deepest longing outside of belonging to God. Belonging to God automatically makes us belong to everyone else who belongs to God. When Jesus launched his missional journey to die for our sins as God's lamb and recover all that Adam had lost as the risen Lord, God the Father spoke to him from heaven. And I read from Matthew 3.17 where it says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Matthew 317, the New American Standard Bible. 
Jesus knew and knows beyond a shadow of a doubt where he stands with his heavenly Father. But sin and Satan seek to block us from knowing and experiencing God's love, acceptance, and favor. Until we put our faith and allegiance in Christ, our sin actually does separate us from God. Up to that point, our sense of rejection is a self-imposed reality connected to our rejection of God and his rule in our lives. Our biggest problem, deepest fear, and loneliest prospect in life is a life and an eternity separated from God. Since Father God understands our plight and loves us deeply, he sent Jesus to earth to repair the breach and issue an invitation to be reconciled to God. Listen to Jesus' wonderful call to belong, found in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy, carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to, be, to bear and the burden I give you is light. New Living Translation. The first and most fundamental call anyone can receive from God is the gospel call to become sons and daughters of God through the new birth. It is a call to belong to God's family and to be loved and accepted by our Heavenly Father. The only way this is possible is because Jesus paid the price for our sin and rebellion. When we put our faith and allegiance in Christ, Jesus shares his relationship with Abba Father with us. Corresponding Baptism There are three baptisms mentioned in the New Testament. The one which corresponds to the gospel call to belong is the baptism into the body of Christ, which is done by the Holy Spirit at the new birth. You can read about this in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. This spiritual baptism makes us one with Christ and his people. What should I do? If you have never done so before, now is the time to respond to the gospel invitation to become a child of God. Jesus did the hard part on the cross, but we have our responsibility in the matter. His hand is extended to offer us the gift of life. Our part is to reach out and receive that gift. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's John 1, 12, and 13 from the English Standard Version. Here's a prayer you might pray. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for my sins and rose again as my Lord. I give you my life and receive yours. Thank you for opening the door to be reconciled to Father God and become part of his eternal family. Amen. Second call, follow the call 
to allegiance. Being loved and part of God's family is deeply satisfying. Being faithful and loyal to Jesus fulfills another fundamental desire we all have to be approved. Matthew 3.17, I quote it again. Behold, a voice out of heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. New American Standard Bible. First and foremost, we are human beings, not doings. We must first discover who we are through the new birth before moving forward. However, God did not create us to merely exist. He also intends for us to do good works of faith and love. You can find this in Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's the New American Standard Bible. We do not do good works to gain God's approval and favor, which are a free gift. Our approval by God is first and foremost based on Christ's performance on our behalf. He kept the law of God perfectly and served his Abba Father without deviation all the way to the cross. When we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, his right standing with God and the approval attached to his perfect obedience are credited to our spiritual bank account. This is called justification, the judicial act of God imputing or crediting Christ's righteousness to those who believe. That's the being part. In addition, because we are new creations in Christ who already have a right standing with God and his approval, we just supernaturally desire to do good works. The indwelling Holy Spirit inspires and enables us to carry them out. I read here from Philippians 2.13, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. New Living Translation. The Holy Spirit imparts to us experientially what has already been imputed to us through justification. He works to translate our inner identity into outward performance. In other words, through what is called sanctification or transformation, we start to think and act more like Christ. We participate in this process by consecrating, dedicating, or surrendering ourselves to Christ's Lordship and the inner work of God's Spirit. And this is a work of faith on our part. When some of his disciples asked Jesus what works God wanted them to do, here is what our Lord said, John 6, 29, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. New American Standard Bible. The Greek verb pistuo, which is translated believe, also carries the fundamental idea of allegiance. 
It is a lot more than mere agreement with a set of doctrines or belief that Jesus lived, died, and rose again. Faith or belief in Jesus that does not include faithfulness or allegiance to him and his word is mere lip service and is not biblical faith. Jesus' call to follow him is a call to show allegiance to him above all else. This requires us to surrender our will to his. When we choose to do this by faith, the Holy Spirit helps us to enter into an experience of Christ's allegiance to his heavenly Father. By coming into alignment with Christ's obedience through the Spirit's help, we gain a deeper experience of God's approval that simply was a free gift beforehand. In other words, God imputes or credits to our account Christ's righteousness, but he also wants us to experience living out that righteousness. Some say this is when what was imputed becomes imparted. We are also credited with Christ's approval when we're born again, but our Heavenly Father desires to impart an experience of that approval to us as well, based on our lived out allegiance to Christ. The corresponding baptism. We declare our allegiance to Christ verbally before men through water baptism and keeping his word. The call to allegiance is an invitation to make public, to make a public declaration to loyally follow the one who called us to belong. People join groups all the time to gain some sort of acceptance and approval. Sometimes we do foolish or even destructive things just because we fear losing the acceptance and the approval of our peers. It's called peer pressure. But only God can give us what we really need. Following Jesus means we attach ourselves to him personally and follow his teachings. It means we seek to be continually led by the Spirit. It means we no longer belong to ourselves. We belong to God. Our first loyalty and allegiance is to Jesus. This is much different than merely being a Christian or a churchgoer. It means we seriously commit ourselves to Christ and are not ashamed to be known as one of his disciples. Water baptism is our formal declaration of allegiance to Jesus. In it, we lay aside our past self-directed way of living and launch ourselves into a life of mission. Receiving Jesus as Savior can be done privately, but the call to follow requires a public identification with our Lord. He wants us to unashamedly declare our allegiance to him. Luke 12, 8 and 9 talks about this. Water baptism is the perfect setting for us to do this. If you have never publicly declared allegiance to Christ, why not now? If you have never been baptized in water, that is something that should be at the very top of your priority list. Here's a prayer. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. 
This cost you everything, but it required nothing from me. And now I see how important it is for me to respond to your love by giving myself back to you. I choose to follow you. I declare allegiance to you. Holy Spirit, help me to be loyal and unashamed of Jesus and the gospel from this day forward. And finally, the third call to fish, the call to mission. Some of Jesus' first disciples were fishermen whose trade or job was catching fish. It was what they did. Success for them would be measured by the number of fish they caught in a day. For men in general, our jobs often highly influence our self-concept. In most conversations among men, when we first meet, the question usually arises, what kind of work do you do? No matter what our mission or job in life has been up to this point, Jesus gives his followers a new one, fishing for people. Jesus' mission was multifaceted. He was and is the perfect representation of what Father God is like. He lived an exemplary, in an exemplary way to illustrate what a God-directed and God-glorifying life looks like. He also came to die for our sins as God's lamb and rise again as the exalted Lord of Lords. Finally, as he ascended, as the ascended Lord of the harvest, his continuing mission is to add large numbers of people to God's family through the church preaching the gospel message. The way he accomplishes this is to pour out his spirit upon his people and send us to keep working at what he began until the day that he returns as the glorious Son of Man who will judge the world in righteousness. Responding to the first two calls of God propels us into the mission to fish for people and make them into disciples. God did not create us to be insignificant. He calls us to be actively on mission with him. God created Adam and Eve to first of all love him and fellowship with him. But from the beginning, he gave them a job to do, to be fruitful and multiply and rule over his creation. The church has the same mandate. Another way to put this is that he did not save us simply to go to church and eventually get to heaven. In between being born again and the death of our bodies, we have a mission to go and make disciples. Most missional activity takes place outside the church building. Being on mission is a 24-7 calling. It causes us to look on our neighbors and community with new eyes. Being on mission requires us to be alert to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in expectation that he will open up to us doors of opportunity to meet and influence people towards God's kingdom every day. God gave us new life so we can join him in his worldwide mission to fish for, catch, and disciple people. Jesus formally announced the call to mission just before he ascended into heaven when he gave his disciples and us what we now call the Great Commission. And this is in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, if you want to read that. The call to belong to God's family is 
relatively pain-free for us, but it costs Jesus everything. For us, it is mainly about discovering how much God loves us. The greatest number of people who call themselves Christian respond to this call. The call to loyally follow Jesus introduces the cost associated with identifying with our Lord publicly and keeping his commandments. And fewer accept this call. It is an invitation to die to ourselves and live for our Lord and God's glory. There usually are more people who identify themselves as Christians than as loyal followers of Christ. The call to mission is the most costly of all, and fewer still embrace a Great Commission lifestyle. The call to mission invites us to expend ourselves for others for Jesus' sake. It is our call to have great significance. Because Jesus was God's own son and because he always did what pleases his father, he was someone very significant and his words were to be heeded just as the father said when he spoke to him from heaven. And this is another place where God spoke in Matthew 17, 15, where he said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Matthew 17, 5, the English Standard Version. When we share the good news of the gospel, we become extremely significant too. People should listen to us because we speak for God himself. The devil will resist our responding to the gospel's call to belong because he wants you and I to be eternal lost. He will also resist our responding to the call to surrender our lives to Jesus' lordship because he knows that that will make us dangerous people with respect to his kingdom of darkness. He most firmly and fiercely resists any person or group who commits to being on mission because he knows that such a commitment will bring many others into the kingdom of God. The corresponding baptism. One of the first steps in, to embracing the call to mission is to receive what is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which equips and empowers us to proclaim the gospel boldly with signs following. Jesus commanded his fathers to receive this baptism in Acts 1, 4 through 8. If you have never asked for this free gift, right now is the perfect time. Like all of God's gifts, it is received by faith. It is for his children, and its purpose is to enable and empower us to fulfill the Great Commission. You can read more about this on my website, thirdpeter.com, or by getting my book, Promise of the Father, which is available on Amazon. Prayer. Jesus, I accept your call to mission. I ask you to baptize me and the Holy Spirit to equip and empower me to be your witness. I accept the call to be part of the solution to this world's dark problems. Set up Holy Spirit encounters with people who will be open to the gospel. 
Help me to faithfully disciple my family and any others who respond to my ministry. Help me to get involved in my community, to be salt and light in any capacity you choose, Lord. Amen. Conclusion. I hope you will accept each of these three calls of God in your life. If you're interested in learning more about what it means to be a modern missionary right where you live, check out my other articles on thirdpeter.com. If you do not have a church home and live in the Burlington, North Carolina area, consider LifeNet. We are doing our best to help people respond to God's three calls and accept the responsibility of being great co-missionaries. Blessings to you on your discipleship journey.